Hello, Internet, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Cavern Corner Podcast, where your geek slash nerd discussion podcast. We normally take one topic from uh, video game, movie, TV, book, whatever we feel like talking about that day, and we bat around until we get bored. I'm, as always, your host, Patrick. With me is my co-host, Jared. Say hi, Jared. Uh, I am Thetis Highfield. Uh, the Dragon Age setting Highfield? Yeah. Okay. Um, today, we're talking about uh, Dragon Age of uh, Dragon Age Absolution. I almost called it Evolution. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this is uh, an adult animated fantasy series uh, put out on Netflix. Uh, came out um, not End of November? too long ago. Yeah, um, End of November, beginning of December? Yeah, let me see. Released on uh, December 9th. Yeah. That's about when I watched it. I, I, I watched it immediately upon its release. Uh, I did not. Yeah, I watched it in the. It was the new year when I watched it. Um, but it is uh, as stated earlier, set in Bioware's Dragon Age setting. Is if you are a fan of the setting, it is probably the most uh future thing that has come about about in the setting. Is set after Inquisition. Yes. Um. So. Uh. Uh, we didn't really discuss this. I don't, I don't know if it's after Dreadwolf or not. Uh, I don't think it is. Um, so, um, for those of you not in the know, uh, the Dragon Age universe is a bit of a clusterfuck. Um, this is not new. Yeah, but for, for anybody who, do, who isn't fully aware of, of just how much of a clusterfuck the Dragon Age universe is. Um, so... It was coming out uh, alongside another uh, Bioware project, which is Mass Effect. Uh, yes. There's a lot of overlap between the two of them. Um, a lot of the same like writing teams and stuff like that would, would kind of shift back and forth. Um, I believe Mass Effect started first. Um, I believe it was like Mass Effect and then Dragon Age Origins. Uh, it was then... close because there, remember there's a Blood Dragon armor in Mass Effect. In the original or in 2? Because I thought it was the Blood Dragon armor was in Mass Effect 2. I could be wrong, though. But, I mean, they're very but they're very close together. Uh, and we're talking stuff that, like, you know... We're, we're talking, like, 2007 to 2010 territory. Like, I think it was Mass Effect 2. Um, Wait, no? Hold on. Oh, yeah, it was, it was in Origins. Yeah, the Blood Dragon armor set. Yeah, that was in uh, Drag. Wait, no, Blood. Of course, the Blood Dragon armor was in Dragon Age. You freaking moron! Look, what was it? Was it in Mass Effect? Uh, while Pat looks that up, um, uh, I bring that up because like uh, it was Mass Effect two. Okay, uh, there are there are certain like narrative conceits that go between the two of them, but Mass Effect had a much stronger focus. Mass Effect, the Mass Effect universe um, is pretty much comprised of Mass Effect one. Um, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3, Mass Effect Andromeda, and I want to say, just off the top of my head, seven novels. There was also an animated, uh... There's also the animated movie, movie about, uh, Jacob? No, Jacob was Kanye West. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um... um <laughs> what a thing to just drop. Yeah, um... The, 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 the muscly Mexican who joins you in Mass Effect 3. 
I feel bad we don't remember her name, but he, he wasn't in my party. Yeah, I, I thing is in in, mo, in Bioware games, I use everybody. I never used him. Um, I mean, when you come in on the third installment, uh, and everyone else is pretty much like returning characters, it's hard to make yourself stand out. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, that's it. Like, um, and the novels for the most part for uh, for Mass Effect are pretty good. Uh, they they do a good job of of establishing the setting and the characters, and it's only until you get into the last like original canon Mass Effect novels before you get to Andromeda. I've never read any of the Andromeda tie-in novels. I think there's two of them. Uh, the last original Mass Effect one was was written by somebody else, and it reads like fan fiction, where like uh, the main character who has been this like uh, autistic uh, girl who's been going through the series. Um, is all of a sudden like hyper capable of everything, and uh, even though she was raised in a military academy, she has by bi- uh, she's able to go onto the streets and find biotic implants that are more powerful than anything that the military is able to construct. Like it, it reads like fan fiction. Uh, uh, it, that one is bad, um, but like uh, the novels do flesh out that world pretty well. Dragon Age. Is comprised of uh, Dragon Age uh, Origins, Dragon Age Awakening, which is ostensibly a ex- DLC. It, it rises between DLC and expansion, um, while also being like a pseudo sequel. Yeah, because depending on like your choices, uh, you could be playing a, a different character in Awakening than you played in Origins. Um. And even amongst its own DLC, uh, like, there is non-canon material in there. Yep. Uh, which is an extremely confusing thing. Uh, uh, Mass Effect also, uh, sorry, Dragon Age also had, uh, several novels come out. Um, and I've read most of them. Uh, most of them are pretty good. Uh, I actually don't really have any... I, uh, compared to the Mass Effect novels, I actually have far fewer complaints about the uh, Dragon Age novels. Um, but they've, uh, also, they've also come out with several comic, comic books. Um, I've read some of them. Oh, Mass Effect technically did have comic books too. Uh, and man, for like as mu- as many Mass Effect comics, because like, like, we can look at the collection over here, it's like a huge, yeah. like, a huge hardback. Like, nothing really happens in them. Like... They're not super duper interesting. Like ones like Liara, like Liara, like wow. Yeah, going going after like the Shadow Broker. Yeah. Um, or working for the Shadow Broker. That's more what I should say. Yeah. Um, like uh, the the Dragon Age ones are, they're more they're mostly like just they re they kind of reinforce stuff that you kind of stuff that you would have known already from the games uh, about the world state. You know the nature of like. Mages and Templars and how the and how the relationships are there. There are stories within that, but it's mostly just t- reinforcing stuff you already know. Well, no, I, I not a lot say, of new information is presented. Well, I would say that about the Mass Effect novel uh, about the Mass Effect comics, the Dragon Age ones. At least you have like with like the Silent Grove and the the Alistair trilogy. Yeah, like that's significant because the difference between like Mass Effect and uh, and Dragon Age. Also, also one thing I'll, I'll say for. For Dragon Age, at least for the bits of it that I saw, there wasn't as much. 
there wasn't as much cross pollination. Like uh, in Mass Effect, there there might be stuff that was originally a novel that might get mentioned in the game, at least in like a, a synopsis somewhere, or a, a codex entry somewhere. Is what more what I want to say. Um, like uh, that didn't happen as much in Dragon Age, outside of like the um, the Felicia Day movie. Uh, she does show up in two. She shows up in two. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, as someone who was extremely like into the Mass Effect stuff or the Dragon Age stuff more than I was the Mass Effect stuff. Uh, no, there, there's actually quite a bit that does cross pollinate, like mm. almost to an annoying level. If I'm being honest, uh, like things that really shouldn't have mattered all that much. Um, but uh, so, but to try, trying to give you like more of an example of like so to continue on. Um, Dragon Age was always big about, like, because you created your own characters up until uh, Dragon Age 2. Uh, yeah, your choices matter. Your choices yeah. matter in a way that's different than they than they matter in Mass Effect. To the, to the point where, like, you know, m- me and Jared, we may have played the same games. We have very different world states by the time of Inquisition. Yes. Um, so, for Mass Effect, Ma- the, the story differences in Mass Effect affect Shepard's story. Yeah. Like, yes, it's universe expanding and blah, 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 but they affect mostly and most sharply Shepard's story. In Dragon Age, you affect the entire world. The world state changes depending on your uh, your choices. And so, but... Just, just, dra- just in Origins, you affect the ruling operating mechanics of at least three nations. Yeah. Um, to say nothing of, like, I didn't play Awakening, so I can't t- state to what you affect there, but... Definitely in uh, in two you 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 affect the world, yeah. Um, by like you know kicking off the the major rebellion, um, Inquisition. You are constantly doing uh, making big political changes and and because you're uh, a world op- power and operations across the world, you know because you are a international organization. Um, so, uh, but the the other big difference is is that Bioware was never afraid. Because uh, everyone's shepherd story was so important to them uh, that they didn't really want to touch it. Like it was very hard. Like everything that you could glean out of the uh, Mass Effect extended universe is touched on inside of the games, and nothing could ever count. Was nothing. Everything is constructed so it never counteracts anything of your shepherd choices. Yeah. Dragon Age. That's not the case. Um, the the like I said. The there's a whole like trilogy of stories about Alistair. Alistair could be dead or a drunk by awakening. Yeah. Um, the second uh, Dragon Age project. Um, and would not be at all liable to be in those uh, those volumes. Um, also, Dragon Age is not afraid to completely change characters. Uh, like, change a character completely between its uh, installments. Uh, for instance, uh, Isabella is a, uh, a pirate that you meet in Dragon Age Origins. Origins. And there she's like this blonde-haired, petite woman who, uh, like, you can, uh, you can get her into, like, a... Uh, four-way. A four-way. Um, and when she shows up in Dragon Age 2, she's a completely redesigned character. Her voice is different, her accent is different, so on and so forth. In Awakenings, uh, you meet a uh, a mage uh, named Anders, who is 
this silly. He was my favorite character in Awakening. He was very like silly and uh, and jokey and quippy, and like he was very much like the kind of guy who was like uh, who's lived a very very hard life and has very much using his ma- his humor to mask his pain. When you meet him in Inquisition, uh, when you meet him in Dragon Age Two. Uh, uh, he is not funny anymore, to say the least. <laughs> uh, he don't have jokes in him anymore. Um, and so, uh, so Dragon Age has always kind of had this spirit of you know, uh, it's more about telling a story within the within that grander universe than it is about making the grander universe all that particularly cohesive. Uh, because you know, uh. From or uh, from Awakening to two, uh, you know that's when they, they finally had you like ground onto a specific character. Uh, you could only be this, uh, you could be a male or female, but that was it. And you had to be a hawk. Yeah. Um, yeah. You had you had to, you had to be human. And you had to be human. Um, and you could make like little decisions about like that the base of that character, but um. But you're still Hawk, no matter what. Uh, now, because people didn't really like that decision, they pulled back a little bit and they gave you more uh, options when uh, when Inquisition came out. Um, now, there's also things like... Uh, there is the Felicia Day uh, live-action series, which if you're talking about like plot holes, um, a very famous and funny one uh, is that uh, because Felicia Day was doing this with like no budget, it was a web series... Uh, but she was just doing it mostly out of her love of Dragon Age. Uh, she had people coming in to play uh, elves, and elves in that universe uh, are very firmly established to not be able to grow facial hair. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, uh, apparently, none of the actors that she got to play the elves wanted to shave. And and they're not even like with full beards. Most of them are just like five o'clock shadow and stubble. Uh, but they didn't want to shave it, and uh, so. Um, they had to kind of leave that in as the new canon. So in uh, Dragon Age uh, Inquisition, I believe, it may be in Dragon Age 2, uh, they just straight up at one point uh, say that, oh, uh, if you're half-elven, uh, you're able to grow facial hair. Okay. They did change the, like, they, they did try to like change the canon based off of it. There was also, also the... Also, half-elves are a thing. <laughs> yes, which they weren't really before. Um, there's also the original animated movie, uh, whose name I can't remember, uh, the, uh, the one about, from Cassandra. Oh, yeah, the, the CG one. Yeah, the CG animated movie. Um, another big thing in Dragon Age is that, uh, uh teleportation magic doesn't exist. In Origins, they very explicitly state that teleportation magic doesn't exist. Um, in, uh, in their first animated movie, uh... Mages teleport all the time, just everywhere, all the time, and uh, so that was something else that had to get retconned in a later thing. Uh, after once again, and I can't just—I'm not saying that like, oh, we didn't see it before. It was explicitly said it was a thing that could not be done. Uh, healing magic, God help you, on us trying to discuss what healing magic is can and is not. Do. Yes. Uh, for difficulty purposes, in Dragon Age 2 and Inquisition, mages can't just cast like a cure wound spell on you. But they could in Origins. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
and they just decided that they wanted to go with kind of a tank, two DPS, and a support character for uh, for their combat design for uh, two and Inquisition, mm-hmm. and uh, and build them build the games like uh, combat and structure around that. And so they decided that the support couldn't just heal everyone constantly. Well, they they would basically give they would add to like this temporary pool uh, that. You know, that would you would take damage from that first. Yeah. Uh, before you before getting your hit points, but your hit points couldn't be healed. So, uh, yeah. Good luck with all that. Yeah. Um, now that being said, that I didn't mind that system because you could overcharge your temporary hit points. So, you know, I got to the point where I was just I could just stand and walk away from my uh, controller for you know and use the bathroom and come back and they still have only gotten halfway through. <laughs> I mean the, the the games were always like made to be broken. Yeah. Uh, every one of the combat systems, like you could get like buck wild with them. Um, but uh, but yeah. So between all the various types like, of media I've listed, what's that? I'm I'm a, I'm a rogue, but you know I've managed to get my strength up where I can just fucking do wield bastard swords. Shit's about to get wicked. <laughs> Um, so between all the, uh, that's not even to mention all of the strange, like, Flash games that came out. Uh, that was one of the things when Pat, uh, said, like, there's not, like, crossover. There was a Flash game where you just play as, like, this guy, like, running from Templars, um, and if you completed it, you got bonus shit in, uh, in Dragon Age 2, and got a bunch of, uh, and he's listed as a, like, a Codex character. Oh, wow. Um, and before Inquisition came out, there was this whole, like... You control this small, like, uh, offshoot uh, fiefdom outside of Ferelden, uh, where it was very Game of Thronesy. Like every choice you made, kind of ended up fucking you more than it, it ever helped you. Um, and that little fiefdom, if you complete that game, uh, uh, you will get code. You'll get messages from them on your war table in Inquisition. Like, there's a lot of them, but they're so easy to miss if you didn't know about those things even existing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so it's always been kind of this monstrous franchise where, honestly, as much as I love it, it never felt like they actually understood what they were trying to do with it. Because that's not even to mention, there's a tabletop role-playing game for Dragon Age. Yep. Um, now, if I haven't made it perfectly clear by how much I've mentioned reading all of these and playing all these games, I've actually read The World of Thedas, Volumes 1 and 2, which were the encyclopedias to the world, and I've read uh, cover to cover the uh, the uh, tabletop role-playing game when it was coming out uh, in sections. Because it didn't release as a core, it released as like levels 1 through 5, 5 through 10, and then 10+. plus. Um, and they like every one of them would have like an encyclopedia to like tell you about different parts of the world and stuff like that. Um, so I've read a lot of sh- I've forgotten so much about Thetis, like more than most people would ever know about it. And I can tell you, it's an impossible thing to keep straight because everything always comes out. The new thing always has to serve its own story. So if it contradicts old information, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, which is not a bad way to tell a story you want to tell. It's a bad way to govern a universe you're governing. <laughs> Feige would never. Yes. Uh, so all of that to say, we are now at the newest project, and 
And at, so for someone like me, because like uh, you know, now we're past Inquisition, which was the latest game, which came out damn near uh, eight years ago. Um, we're about to get the next game, which is Dreadwolf. Yeah, because Inquisition came out. That was a PS4. It just came out, didn't it? It came out right before Ryan got married. Uh, literally, uh, I in the week that I flew out for his marriage to be his best man. Yeah, uh, it came out that week. Yeah, 20, uh, 2014. It, the it it had released on because it, it was PS3 and PS4. I remember because Corey played on a PS3. Yeah, and he would never shut up about it. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, but yeah. So Dreadwolf's about to come out. Um. Uh, and so, for someone like me who really also, that's not just us bagging on on, on Corey. It looked bad on the PS3. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, he had every right to. Um, so for somebody like me who like uh, when we were just in in Origins was really in love with this world of Thedos. It was one of my favorite fantasy worlds to up and come with, and uh, I was getting to kind of like experience its growth in real time, and then have to constantly be like, oh, well, that just kind of undoes a lot of things that we've already learned. And uh, and so having to constantly unlearn everything that I was learning about the uh, series as I was learning about the series um, in real time as, ever, as they put up projects always has me extremely apprehensive uh, for every new thing Dragon Age releases. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to put that as a preface before we even talk about the show, knowing that I have certain biases going in about just like, what am I going to learn that's new about this world that is going to absolutely frustrate the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, I am on the other side of that. Uh, like, I don't get me wrong, I, 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 play, I play the core games, uh, and I've definitely enjoyed the material, um, but, like, I, I'm definitely not to the point where I live and breathe Thetis. Because, um, like, there's, there's going to be a lot of these plot holes that I didn't even know were plot holes. Yeah. Um... But, like, uh, so without further ado, we'll start this as we normally start um, most of our reviews with the blurb. Um, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to let you choose, Jared. Uh, Wikipedia or IMDb, which do you which do you prefer the blurb from? Hmm. I want to go with IMDb because IMDb blurbs are always they're either really short and to the point, uh, or they're complete nonsense and lies. This is definitely a uh, complete nonsense and lies. Yes, um, that's my favorite. It's complete nonsense. It's it's grammatically incoherent. <laughs> oh, oh, feed it to me. So, set in the Taventer Empire, the oldest of several human nations in Thetis explore the di- experiences of its different inhabitants. <laughs> what? I I can't make this shit up. <laughs> Holy yeah! I told you it it it's not a sentence. Yeah, that's wow, wow. Tell me, tell me you don't know how to market without telling me you don't know how to market. Jesus, like it's not it's not a sentence. It isn't. That's not even what the damn show is about. Oh, oh, that's so good. Like, mm. most of the cast is not from Taventer. Yeah, most of the cast is not from Taventer. Um, 
Yeah, uh, so that was just fuck all bananas. Um, uh, I'll go ahead and read the, the Wikipedia. is slightly more accurate. Okay. Just so you know what we're going to be talking about. Um, after a heist to steal the Circulum Infinitus, an artifact fueled by blood magic, goes wrong, the mercenaries tasked with acquiring the artifact deal with the fallout. All right, that's that's more that makes that, more sense. That is the show. Yes. Um, like uh, so, uh, just to start off, like you know, just base boilerplate. Did you enjoy the show? It's 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 like six episodes long. Yeah. Um, overall, I did enjoy the show. I have a lot of complaints, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy the show. Yeah, um, I'm I'm the same. I mo- I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it more than I didn't. Um, and like the 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 if I and probably it's it's definitely something. If I was to recommend it, I don't recommend you trying to watch it all at once. I don't recommend trying to binge it, Jared. You may have you may have been binged it. I didn't. Oh, I um, couldn't. Yeah, I I can only. I watched the first three episodes all at once. Then I went. Then I went to Cancun. <laughs> I came back and I watched episodes four, five, and six over the course of about a week. Um, just because, like, those that uh, the episodes are they are. We, we we talked about this last week. This show is the type of movie I like. Um. Where you kind of center it around one event and you throw in a bunch of really colorful characters, um, and they kind of you know ping pong around the situation. Yeah, um, this is definitely that, but th- it draws the tension so hard, so tight that I could really only bear an episode at a time. Um, like just I was I was just like dreading going trying to hit the hit the next episode button. <laughs> Um, like, uh, so we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep to our first, the first part, uh, spoiler free. Um, so, uh, we'll, and we'll, for those of you who don't know how our spoiler free reviews go, we're a bit more technical. Um, and then we'll, after that, we'll get into spoiler and actually go through and pick apart the stuff we, stuff we liked and didn't like. Yeah. Um, so starting off, uh, animation. Um, one of the things I will give, uh, Absolution, uh, is, uh, I think, and this is, uh... Because these are the same folks that animate, like, uh, Vox Machina, isn't it? I, I'm not certain if it's the same studio. You can it look looks back. very similar. You can look, look it, it does look very similar. It's, it's actually what I was about to compare it to. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, um, comparing it to Vox Machina, which, it, which does have a heavier episode load, um, I think Vox Machina is, like, 10 to 12 episodes, um, versus this just being six... Uh, this show looks way better. Yeah. Uh, the colors are crisper. the The contrast uh, for everything is like extremely nice. Like, uh, it looks like this kind of looks like uh, Vox Machina by way of like uh, Korra. Yeah, it it does it does look similar to Korra. Yeah. Um. Which is, you know, like, an extremely high, like, done-on-ones kind of, like, high production, like, thing. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the action set pieces look fucking phenomenal. There's actually uh, one fight in here um, that is, um, and I, uh, that is literally uh, in in uh, in high school at the end of high school. Like uh, I did a web comic with uh, my wife, um, and. There is, there is a, a fight in one of the episodes that is almost exactly that fight mm-hmm. uh, between the two main characters um, that I was, like, completely flabbergasted to see. <laughs> like, it even uses, like, the same angles. And, like, at no way would I be like, they stole from my webcomic that... Uh, no, probably... Pro- Probably they they had similar filming film influences as you did. Yeah, for picking out shots and sequences. Yeah. Um. So like, uh, like all the character designs, everything like that. Everybody's extremely unique. Um. Uh. Like you're not gonna confuse anybody. I will say on like this is a, a weird casting thing. They cast uh, Matt Mercer to voice a character while having a character look exactly like Matt Mercer. <laughs> and he does not voice that character. Um, and that was rude. Yeah. That was rude. Like, um, w- why would you do that? Uh, <laughs> bad on you. I mean, to be fair, it's like, you know, they also cast Phil Lamar as a character in here, and he doesn't look anything like Phil, Ma- Phil Lamar. Yes, but, like, Matt Mercer, like, famously, like, has a very, like, specific look to him. Yeah. Um, and, like, if you watch Critical Role or anything like that, like, uh, especially, like, any of the animated openings, he's always drawn as, like, the Dungeon Master, this very, like, magey type of guy with his long brown hair and cloak and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, this character, like, if I just told you, oh, one of the characters is voiced by Matt Mercer, and you looked at the cast... There's a character in there that you would go, that just is Matt Mercer. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, I, I'm just saying. Like, it definitely, but though it definitely would have like done away with the mystery. Of, like you know, oh this this character is like going to be really important. <laughs> um, it's like almost like an episode of Law and Order. It's like you know, oh who's who's the bad guy? Probably the most famous person. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So I just I just wanted to point that 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 little bit out, but uh, but yeah, like um, like that was one of the things that kept me coming back was the visuals. I think the visuals in the show are very very strong. Like um, like everything that you see um, in the show is very crisp, crystal clear. Um, another thing that's kind of a smaller detail uh, because the show is so much of a heist. Yeah. Um, like you don't get lost in the building that they're in because they spend most of the show in one location, mm-hmm. and um, and the characters kind of break off from one another to like do their different tasks in the in the show, and um, and if you're keeping up, you can kind of always figure out where everybody is. Like like by the end of the show, you could probably draw the temple that they're in. Yeah. Uh, just by having seen all of the characters and how like they get from place to place inside of it, um, so that was like a very clear line of like they weren't just making like rooms to be rooms when they needed them, like they, they also reused a lot of these rooms. They, yeah, they, like, they come back to them several times. Yeah, so like that helps you figure out like where they always are going to be, and especially like in correlation with one another because oftentimes they're kind of off on their own and potentially in a bad bad way. 
Um, and you can look at a character, and like if it cuts to a character, you're like, oh, they're not anywhere near them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or you can be like, oh, they're actually pretty close. Like, you know, that that does by the by the end of the series, like you you kind of know that uh, without even thinking about it. Um, and that was very very nice. Uh, the uh, the filmic eye of the show is like I thought was really strong, especially for a show that is mostly an action show. Um, the action scenes, like I, I can't re- uh, I can't stress enough, like delight. Um, uh, I will say, uh, there's more to say when we get to like writing about like how some of these fights come about is s- stupid and dumb and dumb and stupid, but uh, but that that doesn't take away from the fact that like they are impressive to watch. Yeah. All right. Um, anything, anything on your side, or just uh, uh, anything you noticed? I don't, I don't think you left any meat on the bone there, Jared. Okay. Um, Fair enough. But uh, no, that's, that's, I'm not trying to take, take away from you. You said everything succinctly. Okay. Um, like uh, I will, will say for um, for commenting on spectacle, th- this was like just one of those where it kind of jolted me and made me remember certain aspects of the Dragon Age setting that I personally had forgotten. Um, and for one, uh, and part of this is because I, I rarely play them, but Dragon Age mages are not like traditional fantasy mages. Uh, they're not necessarily all ways hang in the back, can't do anything, shoot oh, no. spells. <laughs> no, Dragon Age from two basically on, Dragon Age mages will get up in melee with you. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and, and trade hands. Uh, like they they do use uh, staves for focus, but those staves often have blades on them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like tradi- traditionally, I'd, I've only ever played a mage when the game makes me. Um, like if there's a certain part where I have to take control of a mage to do a specific narrative thing. Normally, I like I played Rogue in Origins, and I played uh, I also played Rogue in, Rogue in Two, and then I played a Warrior in. Inquisition, um, you know, traditionally I, that, that's that's normally what I play, um, but yeah, this one there there is a there's a scene there's a particular fight scene with a mage uh, versus a group of other characters, and uh, I I just I was not expecting for him to own that hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's really it's it's one of those things that that you know. Often makes uh, makes makes me uh, you know wonder, oh how the hell do y'all contain the mages? And then I see the the Templars fight. Oh bullshit! Yeah bullshit! Yeah, fully. You just you just have weird fucking <laughs> super strength for no goddamn reason. Um, Lyrium is delicious. I guess so. Uh, it's it's like it's fucking magic cocaine. Uh. What are we moving on to? Uh, uh, see, uh, writing. If you want to do writing, because uh, this is where the series falls off for me pretty hard. Um, uh, I don't like almost all of the characters. <laughs> uh, there's only a couple of characters I actually like. Um, characters I liked. Um. There, there are ones that There's I was the, uh, okay with. All right, I'm uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. I thought, um, thought Hero was kind of cool. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say this uh, before we get any further. I watched this when the, when the show came out. I've actually forgotten everyone's names. Uh, Hero's the Kunari mage girl. Yeah, okay. Um, 
I thought Roland was cool. He's the uh, human warrior. The Arlesian? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's like the dwarf's most, name? Uh, the dwarf's name was uh, Lachlan. Lachlan. Uh, I, I liked uh, I liked I Lachlan. Like, I like most of the heist characters. I liked Lachlan and I liked uh, the Arlesian. Um, their little their little budding romance throughout the show, um, like, is adorable. Uh, I was down for it. Uh, uh, the the little bits we saw of uh, Tasia, I thought I thought she was okay. Who uh, Tasia is the uh, Templar commander. You know, once again, she doesn't she doesn't command the show enough. Yeah. Well, I was like, she didn't do anything that made me mad. Yeah. That's the problem. Is a lot of the characters did things that made me mad. Yeah. Um, like you know the the villain of the sh- of the show, uh, uh, did make me mad. Um, honestly, our the one of our our perspective character. I won't say she did anything that made me particularly angry, but she just never engaged me enough where I was like kind of rooting for. Her. Yeah, uh, I I had the same issue. Um, so uh, the Kenobi and, and 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 that doesn't mean as much coming from me. I'm a well known. Uh, uh, you know, uh, knife ear hater. <laughs> uh, very true. Yeah. Um, uh, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Patrick does not like elves in his neighborhood. I say the elf. I say elf with a hard R. Yeah. Um, but uh, but <laughs> which is why which is why I'm glad that Jerry was able to back me up on this. Oh no! Uh, like I said, um. Uh, if if we were in Bright, like uh, Pat would be outside with a shotgun, being like, "Elf, my lives don't matter today." Yeah. Like everything, everything bad that the that the uh, the right wing says about Antifa, that they would be saying about me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, but like, so like the uh the Kunari mage, uh, Hera, um. Yeah. Her character is... Hira. It's H-I-R-A. Okay. Um, her character makes almost no con- no sense in the context of uh, Thetis. Like, uh, to me, she would be the most intriguing character if she was the main character. If she was the main character whose plot I was following, I'd probably actually love her, but because she is a side character in this who, like, is... The most mysterious species, um, with the most mysterious powers, with like, uh, who comes from a society of like, uh, of people who, like, if they find out you're a mage, they just kind of like lock you in shackles and you basically grow up inside of a fucking iron maiden your entire life. And, uh, and she's not, uh, and like the the people of the Kunari, like uh, inside the universe, like that just means people who follow the Kun. It's like it's like saying you're Muslim. Yes. Um, and so uh, uh, she's definitely Kunari because well, uh, she she is Kunari species. I don't know if she follows the Kun. Well, what I'm saying is though is that like uh, if she was uh, Talvashoth, which is what the people uh, call themselves when they're of that species, but don't follow the Kun, mm-hmm. they cut their horns off. Almost exclusively. There are a couple of examples, uh, Iron Bull from Inquisition being one, of like uh, of them who don't, but it's extremely rare. Um, and uh, well, I also don't know if she's if she was raised Talvashoth. 
which once again would make which makes her extremely intriguing and interesting. Yeah. But as we see her portrayed, like that, for all for all I know, she was a foundling. You know, you know that somebody just took in. Yeah, um, that made her way more interesting to me. Everybody else, because I was like, oh, your character does not fit inside this universe at all. You are. You're an outcast on top of being an outcast on top of being an outcast. Um, and she is the friendliest, nice, nicest, bubbliest character who just wants everyone to have a good time and get along. And um, once again, if the show had been from her perspective, I I would probably have a lot less complaints about the show. It's not. With her being a side character, I was always just frustrated that I wasn't getting more of like the things about her character. I, every do, I don't know how much of that is true simply because if we the here is almost it's it's almost like and it's it's weird to draw this perspective uh there's a similar paradox with like uh cable and wolverine in in comics where they are interesting the less you know about their backstory (laughs) the more they fill in the more bland they become or the more the more they just the more it highlights the fact that they don't fit within the setting. Uh, Hera, her personality does not make sense based on what she is. I yes. don't I don't know how get like given the world of Thetis as it's been presented to us. Um, I don't know how she's made it this far without anyone saying or doing very mean things to her to wipe that goddamn smile off her face. Yeah. Um. I don't know. To me, to me, that was. Uh, I was like, yeah, like if you if you do it poorly, I mean, complicators are a little bit unfair because like they have so many hands. Uh, there's there's so many cooks in the kitchen, so many hands. Well, on I, them I, I did say it's, it's, it's weird to to draw the the comparison, um, but like the the it's 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 a similar similar paradox is what I'm getting at. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I would have I would have hoped not. But like I said, as as someone just watching the show, I was still always just like, yeah. come on, g- give me a little more than that. Um, yeah. The uh, versus like the main character who I never found engaging at all. Miriam. Yeah, I forgot her name entirely. Um. <laughs> you, you you didn't think Miriam was an engaging character? Uh, for the uh, if you're wondering about the the voice, uh, Brian is all not Brian. Bryce has also joined us. Yeah. No. Sorry, I got I got you got your uh, your firehouse name mixed up. It's all right. Um. Uh, no, I didn't at all. Uh, and, uh, and the motivations of, like, by the last couple of episodes, the motivations of her and, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to call him Matt Mercer because I've also still forgotten his name. Wait a minute. Here is not the, that's not the, here is the mage chick. Yeah, that, that's Miriam's lover. Yes, Quidian is the. That sounds Kunari, okay. Yeah. That sounds correct. Yeah, yes, she's the Kunari. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you actually are. I, I thought you just come. You were coming in and gaslighting me. No, <laughs> I didn't know no, you, you watched it. I've, I've talked about it with him. Oh, okay, okay. No, I didn't find Miriam interesting at all. Um. Uh. Same as I didn't find uh, the guy that looks like Matt Mercer. Mazarin. Uh, yeah, I didn't find him interesting either. Uh, I found the the fucking uh, uh, the artifact very interesting, especially in that world of Thetis. Oh, the MacGuffin. Yeah, because uh, that's 
uh, inside of that world that is extremely antithetical to how like everything you've almost learned about well, it's uh, it's magic in the well, afterlife. Well, yeah, it's also just not what the thing did. Yeah, we see it used. That's not what it did. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, did you anything that was like specifically on the writing for you? Um, for me, not so much. It, 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 it honestly, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a show I thought that deeply into. Oh, the idiot ball. Um, there were some major idiot ball moments in the show. Um, there at, at one point when we get to the toward the end, uh, the caterers concoct this master plan that involves Miriam giving herself up, and uh, and so she walks literally up to the gates and surrenders. Yes. It's not what she did. The plan, the plan was, you know, yeah, was for her to walk up, walk up, no, to walk up in quote unquote surrender. Then the uh, other characters make a distraction, which is just start a fight somewhere. Yes, and then Miriam, uh, you know, draw, you know, draws her knives and stabs everyone in the courtyard. Yes. The thing, the, the is, thing that is not what, you know, thieves do. <laughs> no, but also like she 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 is she is a she is a she is a rogue in the same way that Kenshin Moore is an assassin. <laughs> uh but the thing is like she walks up to their locked gates with guards at it and the uh says she's surre- she says she's surrendering and they don't immediately like before they even let her into the citadel. Check her for they weapons. don't check her for weapons. They don't bind her hands. They don't do any of the things that would make sense for them to do. And in fact, while they're standing around her for so long, while she's just like, "I am surrendering to all of you," I was like, uh, "When she does pull out her weapons and start stabbing everyone, I was like." I was like, their plan, her plan was literally, like, what was, did she have a plan for if they binded her hands? So, so, just to be fair. Yeah. You do, you, it does play into the very obsessive relationship that Renarin, or, I mean, the, the, the Magister has, and that he is willing, like, when people get, when Miriam stabs somebody, he's like, whatever. Hey Miriam, are you okay? Oh, she just stabbed Pete in the eyeball. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. No one, no one cares about Pete. So I can totally understand him. He wasn't there. Orders. No, but he gave them orders. Remember, he he knew that she was gonna show up. So I can totally understand him saying, "You he, let her in, and you don't touch her." He gave her orders. Uh, by this point, uh, the Templar had already started going against him. Yeah, she was already actively disobeying his orders, knowing that he was acting in bad faith. So she was the one who was in control of that situation. The the only one who the only one who Rosarin had given orders to was uh, Neb, uh, and his orders were just he gave him like the special magic handcuffs. Like if she if she puts up a fuss, put these on her, which he also didn't do. No, he did. No, because when he knocks her out with the hand blast, she wakes up with him dragging her by her foot. Her hands aren't bound. Oh no! Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So that that, that that's yeah. Even, even when they when they establish they put on her. It's, yeah, wait, yeah. no, no. She 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 gets bound when he when he when he attacks the safe house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so even that, when it's that, a plot point to bind her, uh, they don't do it. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that part seems weird. But I could I could see like the mooks like at the gate and like okay we'll let him in and then also yes idiot ball by the temple of like by the way shoot her 
Well, also, like, any ball by the moose. Like, like if... Uh, in any in any story, like like the person would typically be bound and search for weapons. Luke in that in 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 Jedi like uh, before he was allowed onto the Death Star, Vader took his lightsaber. Before he was allowed in Jabba's palace, they uh, they bind him up. Yeah, like like and those are ostensibly dumber things uh, than than Absolution should have been, <laughs> and uh, they still thought. Like, oh, how is the character who is supposed to be clever going to come out of this? And Luke had plans in those situations. Um, they, I mean, once again, this is not just like a, oh, it, it's, you know, it's dumb. Like, these characters are idiots. It's the writer who was writing the scene was like, I don't have an out for Miriam having her hands bound, so we're just not going to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to think that, that, that clearly about this and have characters who would clearly know to do these types of things and act in a way that is um, how people would act. And instead, they're just not going to act like how people act. And that is bad writing, and that's the kind of thing that always gets under my under my ass. Yeah. Also, just you know, one other thing uh, for bad fantasy tropes. Um, the uh, rogue with a thousand knives on them. Um, like, Miriam apparently went to the same uh, clothier that... Um, Solid Snake gets his uh, infinite ammo bandana from um, because she has a cloak of infinite knives. Um, like uh, is is only for like the that final battle, but like she conspicuously wears a like full cape and cowl uh, to that to that bat- battle and uh, throws half of the cutlery into Venter in that fight. Yeah, that, that 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 was a bit odd. Yeah, although and, that's the only time which, she does it. Which the one thing that I, that it irked me there was that people use that trope a lot, not realizing that you know, twenty four knives in a cloak is heavy, mm-hmm. and it's definitely gonna affect the way the cape flows. flows. Mm-hmm. Like fabric dynamics do play a factor there. You're de- you're damn sure not gonna sneak that in. Or she just takes off her cloak and then just beats the guards to death. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go Piccolo with it, like oh, uh, yeah. oh, she like throws it off and just slams down. The weighted clothing. Um, I'm gonna go all out. But yeah, there the, there are there are there are a couple more like weird idiot ball moments. That one's the biggest and most egregious to me. Yeah. Um, but I, it always bugs me, like in a show when like, the only reason the plot is progressing is because you've made or, the you've made people in your setting dumber than how they should be. Or especially like you know for a lot of the. For a lot of the fights, is like, how heavy is a is is a is Tasha's Warhammer? True, because either on one hand it is dunking demons, and on the other hand she is doing flips across the stage with it. Yeah, like she she is regularly like you know, you know, fighting people that like are wielding like you know fencing weapons, and her hammer is keeping face with the with the fencing weapons. Um, and it's and and at the same time. She's smashing it through pillars. She's slamming demons by the dozen. Um, it's like, if I am to be believed here, uh, she is about as strong as, like, you know, Captain America, you know, bordering on Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, because she shield blocks a dragon. Which, which, like, you know, are you saying that's what the Lyrium's doing? Because I thought that... All it did was just, you know, make magic not work on you. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to just do. But, yeah. but I mean, once again, she turns, now, she, now, she now, just grabs a shield and blocks the dragon breath. 
She's yep. like, yo, YOLO. N- not the shield wall, her herself. Well, you know, <laughs> endurance. I, I had I had that skill in Dragon Age 2. It, it was bullshit. <laughs> okay. Like, what's her name? The uh, female fighter. Aveline. Yeah, Aveline. Aveline. Like, she was always the last person to drop when I was ever, ever in any combat. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just... just... Um, but yeah, so, uh, so that, so that covers, uh, writing, uh, music. Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, and, like, uh. A lot of it was kind of generic fantasy music. A lot of it's generic fantasy music, uh, or it's just Dragon Age music. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and for a show where... This is all I can really say about it. Once again, I, I watched it right when it came out, so it's it's been it's been a little bit of a month for me. Um, but the um, I spent so many mo- moments of the show like in absolute disbelief by what I thought was complete bullshit. That when uh, sometimes a good musical score can help even out a uh, uh, a scene, and at no point did it ever do that for me. Yeah. Um. Uh some uh, most of the scenes were like I was like this is stupid bullshit. I was still like this is stupid bullshit and just not even noticing what was going on elsewhere. And I typically do pay attention to scores, and uh, I I got nothing on this one, like um, at all. Like it's actually weird that I, I don't I don't remember anything from the score other than just being like oh yeah that's. Uh, that's the music that plays when you're inside of, uh, uh, Dragon Age 2, um, the city. Kirkwall? Kirkwall. I was like, oh yeah, that's Kirkwall music. Yeah. When they're at the docks. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a couple things like that, but, like, but, oh! The beginning of the show. (laughs) I have to get this off The opening sequence? No, the, the opening, uh, uh, episode. I do have to get this off my chest. Um, I don't know why they had to make uh, Miriam and all of them so goddamn unlikable. Um, this is probably what made them mostly unlikable for me for the entire show. Uh, Miriam's opening, Miriam's opening uh, gambit where she sacrifices three of her men, um, not because they couldn't accomplish the goal they were accomplishing, but because they just weren't doing it fast enough for her liking. So, uh, three of them were thrown into a Kirkwallian prison, um, which we know what that's like. Those men are dead. Yeah. Those men are dead. Like, Bryce looked at me funny for that. Those men are dead. That's well, how Kirkwall no, works. No, 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 well, well, we, don't, we don't know how Kirkwall is post-talk. It might be better. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> better? But also, I mean, she does explain to Lauren that... I mean, Hard and Hightown sold very well. That... They were a distraction, and that they were supposed that like, yeah, the, the I, two of them were yeah, supposed she, to be she, the real. The she real never, game. she never implies that they were actually her crew. They were just patsies. She's yeah, hired. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think uh, she, her bo- the, she was she was not the hiring person. She worked for somebody, and one of the people that got captured was his son. Yeah, right. but like that was another. She, the right. only the only person she cared about was her and Roland. Right. That yes, but uh, I'm not saying that makes her a good person. See, there's a difference between like. I like scummy characters. That to me, especially the setting being what it is, and the second they're like, "Oh, they just threw my son in prison," I'm just like, "This is Kirkwall 
what, two years after the Mage Rebellion? Like, um, and it somehow got all of its walls back up and running after the Chantry exploded inside of that bitch? Oh, we know there's no mages in the prison anymore. Yeah, but I don't think they're going, uh, that things have improved there. Especially because the nature of how Kirkwall works. If you fucking want to deep the, dive the, the lore, fucking Gotham City of Thetis. Yeah, if you want to like deep dive the lore of like the fact that like uh, the the veil is thin there, so people's uh, worst ambitions and reactions come out while they're inside of Kirkwall, making people kind of act like the worst versions of themselves. If you get thrown into a Kirkwall in prison, you're 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 fucked. And uh, so me knowing that, and like I was like, yeah, no, kill her. Like she deserves it. Like, like. You know, y'all, y'all are y'all are supposed to be crew. I get that she doesn't care about them being crew, but you're still part of the same crew. Yeah, you fucked over your own crew. in In a different in a different setting, I would be more up in arms about it. Like in Shadowrun, I would be more up in arms right. about it because that's like a tenet of the setting is you don't you don't betray your crew. Right. Um, like uh, Dragon Age, it might just be up so fucking used to. Betrayal and bastards in Dragon Age. Then I'm, I'm just <laughs> right, right. I mean, so, so because you have the character, right? She's a runaway elf with an axe to grind against everybody. She's been abandoned by her lover. Don't say runaway elf. She was an escaped slave. Sure. Sorry. She's an escaped slave. Yeah. Axe to grind. Chip on her shoulder. She's been abandoned by her lover, who joined the Inquisition. She's slumming it out here in Kirkwall, just trying to stay underneath the eye of. The Templars. I mean, you're just in Kirkwall. That that sums it up right there. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, she doesn't care about anyone except her and her own. All right. She used the other people as patsies. Eh? Yeah. Bastards being bastards. I mean, well, I guess my, my question is there. Only question there is, like, do you feel that over the course of the series, by the end of it, is she still that same person that would have sold them out? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do. I don't know. I still feel it. She's like, I don't feel that she grows in any way that's actually meaningful. Uh, that, like, once again, because she is ostensibly the main character, the person who we we need to care about what what matters to her. I never liked her enough or found her interesting enough on her own to ever get to that point with her. So her saying, so her willingness to give up the MacGuffin multiple times, and at the end of it. Saying, you know what? Not, hey, we're done, we're out. But, hey, we need to make sure that all of these people aren't going to die when the Crimson Knight gets the MacGuffin. That's not character development at all of her caring about people other than herself and and her direct line of sight. Is that not... Because you have the same person who's like, oh, yeah, what about Pete's crew? Man, man, not, not, not mine, too. Oh, no, we, we can't let this happen because a lot of people are going to die. That's not development at all? Is that just her? She also freed a dragon that in this setting we know are essentially feral beasts that people going to die. She didn't free the dragon. The Kunari did. As part of her plan. I was like, you're splitting hairs. But you're splitting hair like like the way the dragons work in Dragon Age, uh she just condemned a lot of people to die because they felt bad for the dragon. Um I mean that that being said, I don't I would not have believed them having the ability to kill the dragon. 
in that moment, the, they definitely probably could have. Do you not see how much blood came out of that thing? That it was apparently more, not bothered by? More blood than blood is blood. <laughs> like, God, the fucking event horizon probably was flying by and been like, that's a lot of blood. Um, yeah. Uh, like, like I said, like, being like, oh, well, she she didn't want the the artifact to be used. I was like, that's also, like, not that big of a... Because like, uh, what did they, what did they, what did they ultimately decide to do with the artifact? Wasn't that they decided to take it back to? Uh... They were gonna take it back to the remains of the Inquisition. I yeah. Mean, well, no, they don't have it at the end. No, no, no. But that was their plan before here at. Their, their plan, their plan was to take it back to the Inquisition and hope and get get a payday out of it. That still doesn't really sound like anything has changed all that much to me personally. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that's, that's your opinion. Mm-hmm. I I was never that invest w- invested with her in the first place. So, but I, but I'm also <laughs> saying that like I wasn't invested with her. I didn't feel that there was anything there. Yeah, we're we're not arguing yeah. here. Yeah, right? we're not arguing at all. I'm just <laughs> like no. Um, anything else spoiler free wanted to touch upon? Uh, I mean, not really. But I also don't really know what we could say about the show at this point. Yeah. Because, like, deep diving it is just kind of, like, we're just talking about the heist at that point and who betrays who. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, uh, on the whole, is it, I recommend watching it on yeah. on Netflix. I, I definitely recommend watching I, it on Netflix. I don't recommend buying it in a store. Like, if there's, a, if you, if there's like, a Blu-ray version of it in, like, Walmart somewhere, I'd say save your, save your time. Yeah. Um, like... Like I said, all, on the whole, I enjoyed it, but uh, I didn't find, like, very, very few of the characters I found engaging. And uh, But I thought the animation made up for a lot of that. It was just, especially, like, somebody, like, I, having watched, like, Vox Machina, which I always thought the animation was okay for it, but had more interesting characters. Uh, so you kind of get, like, the almost the reverse. <laughs> um, like... Uh, I, I kind of like it for that. Like it was definitely one of the better looking uh, cartoons that I had watched. That was not the thing that we should all be watching, which is just another run of Cyberpunk Edgerunners. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, that's what you should be watching. Maybe they'll get away this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So that was uh, so that's our review of uh. Dragon Age Absolution. Um, it's, it's Bryce, do you have anything you want to say on Dragon Age Absolution? I mean, yeah, before we wrap up. So I, I think that you know, the, the, the company that owns the IP of Dragon Age Absolution, it'd be nice if they released like some sort of statement or agreement that animators and other people trying to utilize this IP for... Yeah, <laughs> da, 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 save that. Nice try. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to protect the the the, the product, you know, to, to keep it along the lines that the creator's original intent. Yeah, bake them away, toys. <laughs> uh, this is the Capricorn Podcast. I was your host, uh, Patrick, uh, co Jared. Say bye, Jared. Goodbye from the world of fate, Thetis. And uh, you know, you know, fe- fe- featuring us, uh, yeah, special guest co-host uh, uh, Bryce. Say bye, Bryce. I mean. I don't think the blood magic is ever wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Um, aren't you the one who just regularly poisons people with shadows of apostate? <laughs> I can have it both ways. I'm a blood mage. <laughs> uh, I took the hypocrite's oath. Hippocratic oath. Ah, ah, yes. Subtle difference there. Oh God. Um, yeah, you found you can find us wherever podcasts are found. Uh, give us a like, give us a comment, give us a follow. Uh, let us know what your thoughts were on Dragon Age uh, Absolution, or uh, you know, any any of your uh, you know, you know, personal uh, hopes or woes about uh, the upcoming Dragon Age Dreadwolf, and you know how uh, Solus did nothing wrong. I was gonna say Solus did nothing wrong. Yeah, I was just, hey, I was just handing that off of the past. <laughs> it's a simple system. Yeah. Um, and with that being said, we'll catch you next time. Peace.